I don't know, really know. But we started, so hi, Dad. So, hello. Mauricio has stepped... He said it would be an honour to step out. It's on- he did. He said it would be an honour. <laughs> did he mean an honour or did he mean a pleasure? Uh, well, I, I, sometimes I think he means a pleasure. <laughs> uh, he likes doing the podcast, but yeah. he's got two children and a wife. He so uh, I heard that last night in his performance. Yeah, so I think he prefers to... <laughs> To have some time off. Well, he likes to not have to account for another appointment in the week, I think. And he's also on Art Noor's podcast, because Art Noor can't just do it with Gisley, I guess, because he has to steal my my co-host. Jolly good. So we're not upsetting anybody then, really? Well, me and Art Noor are the control freaks of our individual podcast, so we'd maybe be upsetting uh, each other, but we're not. I don't, at least I don't think we are. They all seem to have children. I mean, you have children too. I have children. But your youngest child is 32 years old. Yes, I don't have little children. No. Well, I suppose it's it's good. It's good. You have grandchildren. I I have grandchildren. I'm probably too old for them because they're they're all little. They're all little, yeah. And you can't lift them and throw them around and things. (laughs) You Um, can. They're little. (laughs) Yeah, but they're little, but I'm not very... Not as strong as I used to be. So Maxon's quite big as well. And Maxon is not little, he's quite he's, big. He's, he looks like a nine-year-old, but he's six or whatever. Yeah. 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 So, so yes, I mean, little children, um, yeah, I mean... Well, they're, they're, they're higher maintenance than, you know... Actually, I'm not so sure of your that. Children. One of the things that I've always argued with other parents, yeah. since it's Father's Day, fathers, <laughs> yeah. um, is that so children never um, get easier. No. You think that when they're little, they're the, at their most vulnerable and their most difficult. But actually, it's later that they get more and more difficult. Yeah. How? Wh- when would you say? Or do they just keep getting difficult well, over time? More or less. Or they do they plateau? Unpredict- unpredictably, they. Well, actually, I suppose they plateau at around thirty. Right. So I've plateaued now. You've plateaued. Now, Unpredictable. Yeah. I, I live yeah. in Iceland and you I haven't, live in Iceland. I haven't got, moved countries for five years, you six haven't years. Moved countries for you've got a place to live. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, and you're not expensive. You're not no. Sort of not married or anything. Though, you're not, well, that doesn't really matter, does it? No. Particularly no. in Iceland, I wouldn't have thought it. Well, no. I, but also in Iceland, it's very normal to be not married but have four children at my age. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> How do you know? Yeah, well, you, you. well, I am well, fair. But yes. I think they would have brought it up. They might have mentioned. <laughs> they might have mentioned. You can't be if you're a foreigner and you have kids. You can't be deported. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, that's that's very handy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, my friend Ryan is from New York, and but presumably uh, the reasons why you might be deported are all also imprisonable offences. So. Well, no, but also if you're if you're uh, American and you don't have the visa, oh, I see. They can't actually kick you out. It's something complicated like that. Yeah, but what I mean is, if you if you do something you know sufficiently inappropriate, to, as so as you, could to be end, you could end up in prison rather than being deported. Yes. Yeah, so, that's true. That's so true. you wouldn't get much advantage. But prison's apparently quite relaxed here. I don't know if that's true. I don't fancy trying <laughs> out. You know? Well, yeah. So it's not- <laughs> but Helge used to have a joke about it because the life sentence in, in Iceland is 16 years, which yeah. is a lot shorter than a lot of places. Yeah. And he'd be like, yeah, we spent 16 years taking interns to play PlayStation. Well, that's yeah. prison for us. But I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Well, yes, people tend to be 
nicer about prisons than they probably actually are, particularly people who are not in them. Yeah. Well, especially people who think the ones in Britain are holiday camps. (laughs) There's one thing is certain that that is not the case. (laughs) Well, that's an episode of Alan Partridge. His, uh, his girlfriend is arguing that he shouldn't have to pay taxes, so the auditors shouldn't be there auditing his taxes. Right. And he goes, he takes her aside and goes, do you want to go to prison? She said, you said prison's very nice. <laughs> you said it's like a holiday camp. And he goes, that's a different point. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It's when he has a Hungarian girlfriend. Yeah. He's 14 years younger than him. So he keeps going, she's 14 think, years younger than me, cash back. <laughs> and things like I think that. I must have missed that. that oh, it was season two of I'm Alan I, Partridge. I certainly wouldn't remember which season mm, it was. I would. I did. Because yeah. he, he didn't yeah, have a girlfriend did. in season one. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I can, my my grasp of detail isn't as good as that. I no. Think. Season one, he lived Particularly in a, on telly. I mean, season one, he lived in a hotel on the side of the motorway. Yeah. That he said well, he I lived in because it was equidistant from London little, and Norwich. There was a woman who managed him. Yes, uh, Lynn, yeah. his PA. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he wasn't particularly puts, nice to. Yeah, no, he's not very nice to. And then he gets, she gets a boyfriend who's an ex-cop and, threat, and threatens him, saying he's a bully. Yeah. So he puts, <laughs> he puts her wages up to nine and a half thousand pounds a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's, he, but the way, what was it? <laughs> he goes, seven, uh, eight, nine, t- t- tell you what, <laughs> tell you what, yeah. it's nine and a half thousand pounds. So that's what he yeah. gives them. Well, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's very, actually I knew somebody, I've worked with somebody who did part-time uh, disc jockeying. Oh, like. Who was very much like. Alan Partridge. <laughs> really? <laughs> and he was totally unself-aware. Yeah, like Alan Partridge. Uh, so yeah. you'd go around and he'd make a total ass of himself. Yeah. He, would, he wouldn't notice. Right. Um, and he, he, was, he was a marketing lecturer. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. And, um, and strangely, his girlfriend, who was on the HND course, got in sort of two ones for everything <laughs> <laughs> and this did actually attract the attention of the oh, external examiners oh yeah probably yeah we weren't very happy about him well but he was a very strange lad for, for our American listeners an HND is an associate's is, degree basically yeah. <laughs> you know? his, his name was uh, Dave Watson you can say that yeah. why is he dead no uh, well I mean because uh, I'm not saying anything that is particularly isn't true. It's not isn't slander. True. No, it's not, not at all slanderous. <laughs> it's not slander. He was a bit of an. Yeah, he was definitely Alan Partridge-ish. Did you do marketing things though? You, you, you were economics and business when you were. My dad's a lecturer. Well, yeah. he's retired now. Yeah, he's blissfully not a I lecturer. Teach, I used only teach economics in those days. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Marketing is one that confuses me a lot. I used to be a standard. Um, a standard curriculum for business studies that had economics, marketing, um, personnel, or human resource management, uh-huh. um, strategic management, and one or two other things that you had to have. Oh, right. statistics, you had to have statistics. So it was quite uh, a general degree in a way. Business, it, it was going to have was, a mixture of skills. Had, then you had a placement. Then you specialised. You went on, on a placement. Was this, and was that this, was what made it a business studies. But, but teaching the, the part of the problem was in, in the end you ended up teaching sort of four degrees at a time almost because yeah well so because the marketing syllabus was almost as big for as the economics one yeah, yeah. yeah. right so it was.
I can tell I, I know I wasn't good at it because the only students who ever did well on me were already good at English. So I was good at teaching people who could basically already speak it. I didn't it. really do it. Well, I didn't do it terribly voluntarily. I had to make a living when we were in Germany. Yeah. And it was the easiest job to get, basically. The hardest way to make an easy living. And so um, Trisha, who was good at it. Mm-hmm. That's um, my mum. You know, she... <laughs> She was in great demand. I was in much less demand. Uh, did, did you uh, did you finish uni yet? Uh, no, I hadn't started uni then. Right, yeah. So you were just... Um, so I... Well, I... You I, had A-levels. I'd done an Icelandic thing of dropping out. Um, <laughs> apparently, it's an Icelandic thing. I didn't know. Who told you that? Ole? Well, no, it's just that everybody I've met so far who was Icelandic seems to have dropped out of some course or another. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, but I've only met... I've, I've not dropped so. out of any courses, no. You're I'm not Icelandic. I'm from England, me. Um, I pretend to be Welsh when sports are on, but you know. Anyway, when the uh, yeah, when I was teaching English in Germany, yeah, it was you know because I because I could and I could make some sort of money doing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it wasn't fun. I mean, it was mostly well, actually, it was a funny mix because I used to teach uh, businessmen from uh, Karstadt, the big store in Germany, which had its headquarters in Essen, where we lived. Okay. And I used to teach the purchasing people. How to buy things in English. Um, well, yeah, no, well, no, actually, I was just trying to get them to do the any basics, English. The basics. And since they, right. ca- they came in groups of three. Okay. And they hated each other. <laughs> Why? And I don't know, I did. But they, <laughs> but they competed with each other. Yeah. But not in a sort of way that was either helpful to them or me or their colleagues. I mean, basically, they... They you know, misunderstood they just, it, maybe. They just sort of show off. Right, okay. They didn't necessarily uh, get what... And prat about. And, you know, oh, and, and considering some of them were in their 50s, it was sort of slightly weird. Did you get any negative feedback from Germans? He didn't get... He, in those days, you didn't do oh, feedback. Oh, the good old days. But you, but you <laughs> would... When you could be a bad teacher get, I mean, 60 you, years. No, no, you would get... In, in Germany, it was much more Would straight, you get inspected or...? No, it was much more straightforward because, mm. uh, for instance, when I was teaching the... Um, there was a housewife's class, uh-huh. which sounds sexist, but it it was actually set for women who were at home who could come into well, town. It was scheduled that it way. It was scheduled. Right, yeah, yeah, I get you. Uh, now, if you taught them, they didn't, I mean, they didn't have evaluation forms, but they would sort of write to the director and say, I remember one of them denouncing me for my accent. Why? Because well, you had a Welsh accent. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't have a. Uh, you you know, don't have one now. I don't have one now. <laughs> I had exactly the same one then. Right. Uh, it's just they decided that because they were so crap at English. It was your fault. Uh, it was my fault because of my accent. That's what my, my Arabic boy te- students decided. It was my fault that they didn't listen in class yeah. and were all idiots. Well, the, the, <laughs> the, the women, these housewives, were very funny because they. Again, they were very competitive with each other. Why? But, but in a sort of social way, it was rather odd. So they did like each other? They didn't like each other very much. Okay. And they, Does anyone in Germany like anyone else? Well, they, <laughs> lots of people do, but not in English classes, apparently. Um, yeah. So they actually, the people who liked each other tended to be, there was a sort of uh, random group of people who were um, a mix of immigrants or so-called guest workers. Sorry, I was doing inverted commas there. Yeah, so-called guest workers. Yeah. So-called guest workers. 
So that was... And, and they, those classes, they, they got on very well. They were more jovial. So you would have, <laughs> yes, and they would be quite pleasant. Did they get, did they... Like, were they from all over the place, or were they well, from other parts of Europe, days, or what? In, in those days, they were mostly from what was what in those days called Yugoslavia. Right, yes. In that part of Germany, they were... Which, uh, which is now Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, yeah, and Serbia. Croatia, uh, Montenegro. Yeah. Uh, North Macedonia. And, now it's called that. Yeah, it was Fyrom for a yes. while. <laughs> Well, I, had, I had a friend here from Serbia. He's a nice guy and everything. But uh, he told, his friend said to me, oh yeah, yeah, his dad used to smuggle jeans yeah. into Serbia. And he said, he didn't snug, smuggle jeans. He went to Austria and he bought jeans and he hid them in his car and he drove them to Serbia. <laughs> and we said, that's what smuggling is. <laughs> and he's like, well, okay, <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> no, no, no. They, 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 the bloke I remember most was a, a taxi driver yeah. in Essen. And he, um, <laughs> and I, I can't remember. He was, he was, you know, ambitious to learn English, yeah. so he could improve himself. Because, like a lot of migrants, migrants, yeah, 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 and particularly in Germany at that time, migrants weren't treated very well. Uh, and uh, in fact, I suppose, I suppose they are now. But well, probably not but, in Saxony but, anyway. <laughs> but in those days, they were, you know, regarded as something as a, of a threat. I think. Now it's what, to not, Western German it's not, life. It's oh. not the same. No more to jobs. Oh, I see. Um, but now it's. But so uh, there are tons uh, of jobs in Western Germany. <laughs> there were tons and tons of jobs, and in fact, one of the big problems we had was an absence of people to work those jobs. Exactly. Expert, we yeah. had we had a friend who ran a small printing business. Yeah. And she relied on Yugoslavians because she couldn't get Germans. Yeah. But the law then... Was that you had to get a German you first. Had to offer, you had to offer a job to right. a German. And her biggest problem in life was trying to find a German who she could offer the job to who could turn it down. Right. Um, but she not so just she have a mate do it for her. <laughs> well, this was the problem. So, um, or did she yeah, but, but, you know, the, the, it, that class was quite positive. Well, the, the, the only time I got negative feedback from students was a German student. <laughs> Yeah. Who said she didn't like my attitude because she thought I was didn't really care? Yeah, well, that, <laughs> which, yeah. which uh, yeah, she wasn't off the mark. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, when they got you banged to rights, it was difficult. Well, okay, to be honest, I was. I actually quite liked teaching that class. It was when I taught at SOAS, so I taught academic English yeah. about environment, and it's how the guy, my supervisor there, the lecturer, yeah. he wrote my. Uh, wrote one of my recommendation letters to, yeah. to study environment here. So yeah. that was good. But they were consistently 15 minutes late. <laughs> so yeah. after a while, I went, well, this doesn't really matter, does it, to them? <laughs> so, and uh, yeah. But the rest of my students were Japanese. So, yeah. so I didn't get any feedback at all because cause Japanese students generally are quite polite. polite yeah, and quite, po but quiet. They don't ask questions polite, in class, yeah. really. Yeah. I yeah. never had any Japanese students, I must say. I had loads of Chinese students later on, and no. they were they were great because they were always very polite and very studious. Yeah, I had yeah, no, and, like, and they arrived on time. Yeah, um, well, the Japanese students used to, and then after a while, they they were they just none of them were. <laughs> but then this German lady said, "Well, his uh, I came in once, and his Facebook was open in class, and it was, but that was because everyone was fifteen minutes late. <laughs> so I was on Facebook going, yeah. wonder where these people are.' <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, there is a class of." German that likes to complain. She was a bit, she was, in, she was Bavarian the, as well. In she the German culture, yeah. you expect a certain amount of complaint. And then yeah, I know. 
German, Dutch, and Dutch culture. And German teachers just don't take any notice. And there is a difference in the way in which in which British think of education compared to how the Germans think of education. Yeah. Uh, even at sort of postgraduate level, we you had we had because I used to work a lot with other institutions in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you would always have this problem that in Britain the expectation was that people would learn themselves mm. based on a sort of skeleton <laughs> a framework as it were right, of, yeah, yeah. Of, of information provided by lectures and seminars and so on yeah. but the main thing was doing your own research and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and bringing that research a to, self, to a seminar an independent and, to, worker. and to your work yeah. whereas in Germany there was always a sense in which there was a right a collection of right answers which you had to make sure you got uh -huh. and one I can remember setting questions with a colleague in economics in Germany uh, and having a long sort of discussion because one of his uh, questions was inflation question mark and what the student would normally have done in Germany is they see inflation question mark and they would write every theory of About inflation, inflation. Oh, that they had whereas in Britain you would always you need a framework. Construct a problem yeah. of some kind and yeah. say, you know, uh, what are the, well, it, would, it wouldn't even be what are the main causes of inflation. It would be, you know, what is the impact of inflation discussed. There would always be a discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but, you know. Uh, is, is German uni like British uni where it's very specialised early on, like you apply for a degree or the... No, well, yes, I suppose. Because uh, in America, they, no, they, but, they find it weird that we apply for a major... And yeah. do we in don't Germany, go there and then declare one? In Germany, it's sort of a split system in the sense that there are certain subjects. If, if, this may have changed because it's yeah. years since I got involved in it. And the people I was working with were different from the, from the mainstream, as it were. But it used to be the case that things <laughs> like medicine, law... Um, Oh, what are the other ones? All the things architecture, that, architecture, all the things yeah. that, where you could earn a lot of money. Civil engineering, <laughs> that kind of thing. Required a so-called numerous clausus. You had to. It was possible for the university universities yeah. to control the intake yeah. and its qualification. Whereas usually in Germany, if you have your abitur yeah. and you want to go to university, yeah. You can go to university, right? Okay, and you can okay. attend a course, right? And you say, "I want to go on this course, right?" And I want to go in this university, and I will go. Okay. Um, but for a numerous classes subject, you would have to get the right grades. But even with those, it was the case in days gone by that if you applied over years, that eventually they must. They were then compelled to take you. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So if you had enough dosh to sort of dosh. out. Yeah. Well, I, but like, again, I, I just remember Americans, uh, uh, so us, they found it really weird. They found it too rigid, yeah. like, especially the Chinese program. They found it weird that it doesn't really happen anymore, so us has changed. But at that point, you did modules that didn't have a credit system. So you did intermediate Chinese, and it was a whole module, so it was across both semesters. Yeah. And they found that very strange, and they... they they thought the British unis were not, I don't know, free enough. They, they, they thought that we had, to, we had to learn too much and we had to do too much drilling. Yeah. They said they didn't think that the uni taught us how to think. And, but I said, 
that I wasn't really sure that how to think was a thing. <laughs> well, well, I don't, I don't know what was meant by how most, to think. Most, <laughs> like, I, mean, most, I spent a lot of time... I, mean, I studied Chinese in a Chinese-run Chinese department, so yeah. it's very a Chinese approach. But I, I spent a lot of time working for the Open University as an um, ex- external examiner. It's educated everybody. And also as a validator of yeah. programs. Yeah. And you had to... In a way, what you were doing is you were bringing a British cultural product, as it were, into because oh, yeah. most of these were in Germany or yeah, France yeah. or somewhere else, and you had to bring this sort of British culture yeah. into foreign well, parts. And when you were doing it, you were conscious of the fact that you know the British preoccupation was was with learning for yourself. Oh, okay, uh, and wasn't um, you know specialising in a sort of Area. Very, very narrow way yeah or, and sometimes I think I, we're a I bit obsessed with that now in Britain well I don't know I, I mean, feel I, like I feel like you go you go, you do GSEs and then you yeah. do A levels and you yeah. cut, cut yourself down a bit and then by the time you come out of uni you, you're like a hammer yeah. <laughs> you know you, you, well, you yeah. were a Swiss army knife and now you're a hammer <laughs> you know? well I think there are problems yeah I think that's in a way the way in which people choose their programs rather than yeah to be honest I mean from my point of view I was always really good at this in a way that annoyed a lot of my friends which is knowing what you didn't have to do to still get a 2-1 yeah. <laughs> so I'd be like this is not important this isn't important this is because it's on the exam <laughs> and I'll just do that and then uh, it annoyed a lot of my friends who were like well you're not really learning and I was like well I'm, I'm going to pass and I'm going to have the degree and you know I don't know what you- it would probably annoy me as well would it? but yeah well I think it's quite an effective way well, to yeah, no, do I think things it's perfectly effective, it's perfectly effective <laughs> for you but it's very annoying for everybody else why? I don't know really it's probably just envy and bitterness well I don't know if it was and so I had a real problem because it's this uni where kids who want to go out into the world from Britain are so it's full of people who are, don't want to be the British people who live in Thailand and, and, yeah. and they're drunk all the time and don't speak Thai. They want to be the ones who are culturally involved. So it's a very judgmental environment. <laughs> not, yeah. not always in a bad way, but I do remember just being uh, in my fourth year and having the same discussion I'd had several times with someone who's still my friend I still like and just saying, you know what, you don't mark it. <laughs> it doesn't... The people in market are giving me marks. I don't care well, what you is, do. That, that, you know? is, that is that is true. And you, you know, as a marker, as it were, you spent a lot of time telling people, you know, look at what the question's asking you and answer the question. Yeah. Don't ask answer the question that you would like to answer. Yeah, exactly. Answer the question that you're being asked, and then you can usually get it right. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, I, I like. I don't think the British one's perfect, but I do remember my dissertation was about Korean horror movies. Mm. And when asked why, I said because it's the easiest form of f- <laughs> language primary. You had to get primary sources in Korean yeah. for your dissertation, yeah. and mine were all films. Yeah. And I handed in my dissertation six weeks early and got sixty-eight percent, so nearly yeah. a first. Because yeah. uh, that's the first starts at seventy percent. That's the highest mark. People don't tend to know that at home outside of the UK. Because, yeah. but uh, and I thought, well, I have solved the problem yeah. <laughs> of doing my dissertation by picking something I knew would work. Well, yeah, but uh, which I think is okay. Way, in a way, it's a terrible pity that you know most students don't do that. But, yeah, but well, again, there's a like, point um, of view. Quite often, people don't know that's what they well, that was because what they can do. I, they don't actually when you when you, you know when you're leading people in to doing yeah um, an exam or a 
dissertation or some form of assessment, people are not always listening to, to, what, to what you what say when saying? you say, well, this is how you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we, I, we, well, I, know. I, I would set a set of questions, and quite often did. Now, those set of questions, because it's the British system, you know, were, as it were, policed by my colleagues and... Mm-hmm. And by the external examiner and all Here's sorts the mic, of Dad. Sorry the mic. about this. It's, right. that, it's just a little. Um, I'll get rid of it. You know, they, they would be policed, as it were, by all these people. So they would they would coach your questions, and I would go through what the questions were about with the right. students. For all of the questions, as it were, in a group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know you get you get responses that had absolutely nothing to do. With with the question and however, <laughs> however many times he said for fuck's sake answer read the, the question. question yeah yeah, yeah they, people did well I know David Baddiel uh, he because he actually did quite well at uni and stuff yeah. but he, he got a first in English yeah. uh, but he said basically uh, at Cambridge at the time I think he went to Cambridge yeah. English was still very traditional so you basically a lot of your degree was reliant on about four essay question uh, exams you did at the end of your third year yeah. <laughs> so so it wasn't that hard yeah. and he met, just remembered one of his yeah. wrote it uh, adapted it to fit a question realised halfway through it fit another question better did it again slightly yeah. crossed out the number and got a first and said he didn't really feel like it was yeah. it was all that <laughs> difficult you know yeah but I do remember, I can't quite remember, often so one of my friends did say to me, well, because I'd finished mine so early in my dissertation, and they said, well, not everyone does it on horror movies. I was like, well, I know, <laughs> but a lot of the people who are writing on more serious subjects, are, this is going to be the only time they write on that subject anyway. Yeah. Not a, lot of, a lot of them are not going to go into academics in Chinese economics. Some of them will, you know. <laughs> so if they don't think they're going to do that, they might as well just hand one in <laughs> that they can write in a week. Oh yes, yeah, so there's you know. a sort of real politique about these things, which not everybody realises. Is a, you know that. You, what's sorry? What's real politique? Well, yeah. you, there is socialist realism. Sort of. Yeah, <laughs> if you're a realist about something, yeah, yeah, you understand this framework is taking place in a particular sort of cultural context. Yeah. That British degrees work like this. You've described it. Haven't yeah, you? yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how they work. Yeah, yeah. You might. You know, if you're an undergraduate student, or for that matter, if you're writing a master's dissertation, you're not necessarily going to revolutionise the subject. No, you're almost certainly and not, if even it, if you're quite and clever. If, <laughs> like, and if you're seeking to do that, then you're probably doing the wrong thing. I mean, like, there were people like my friend Gus who, who didn't revolutionise the subject, but now he's an economics analyst. For, yeah. like for for yeah. a hedge fund yeah. with a PhD in it you know uh, so it'll he, be for a hedge fund what else yeah well uh, so us <laughs> but like Gus, Gus was very smart and it was obvious that he understood this stuff and found it interesting yeah. but I was like well I could try and write about Korean economics but I don't, I've not done any economics classes so <laughs> I don't know what to do well, yes. but I only did one film class to be fair it just happened that my there's another thing interested. well no it's not just that my my, my uh uh, my supervisor, Anders, who wrote my other recommendation letter to come here, was uh, a historian. Yeah. Because I didn't have a film professor in the Korean department. So I wrote a literature essay with very little actual cinema focus. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and I told him that at the beginning. I said it wasn't really going to be a film essay beyond a certain amount. It's just going to be about films. And, yeah. and whilst in my Chinese film class, I got quite a bad grade because I did that. 
Like I still passed, but she said, "This is." She said, "Film is not filmed literature to me," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, fair enough." But uh, well, there is. I, well, I didn't really mind. I only needed a, a third in that class to get to one overall. But you know, yeah. well, I, I, <laughs> you know, there is there, my favourite bit of well, my story of pragmatics and real mm-hmm. politics, I suppose, is when I did my master's dissertation, which I did on theories of trade and. Um, Barriers to trade. Yeah, yeah. All very relevant now with Brexit. (laughs) Um, It wasn't at the time, though. (laughs) No, it was at the time as well. When did you do it? In the 80s or the 50s? 87. 87. Two years before I was born. There you go. Owen was four. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't wasn't the main thing on my mind at the time. But the... But at the well, time, two years at the before time, I was born, wasn't on your mind. You talk about realpolitik. I went to see uh, my supervisor. I, rather, I didn't say realpolitik. No, you didn't say realpolitik. <laughs> I said realpolitik. <laughs> I went to see my supervisor. It was a bullshitter of the first water. Oh, uh, so was mine here. <laughs> and you and knew nothing about trade, really. Right. Yeah. And I said, well, I want to do it on this subject, and I'm doing this and this and this. Yeah. Uh, and he said, well, I've, you know, well, Alan, I've got two ways of doing this. So, you know, Either you come and see me every week with a chapter, and we thoroughly go through it every week, mm-hmm. or you don't come and see me at all, and at the end, you just hand it in. <laughs> and I thought... Knowing and I knew the bloke quite well and knew what a lazy sod he was, so I said, "Well, I think you know, I'll, I'll, just probably, just, in. I'll probably just end it in at the end." Then, to be honest, I think though, Mum had a look. <laughs> well, I, I still don't know whether he actually read it or not. I think Mum had well, a I look at mine. Uh, not a first. I got a two-one. Two-one. Yeah, and Soas was a bit like that. Soas was this sort of... It was a tough school. Well, it, it was like half a tough school, but Chinese yeah. was a tough school. <laughs> like, yeah. It was a tough subject. So I don't know what you were doing there. No, well, I was a bit of rough, wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Well, that's the thing, because I'm not posh. I tell people I am here, but... They, most <laughs> Steph once said to me, you're not posh, are you? Is it? Well, I'm sort of, I did go to private school for a bit. And, you know, as as I grew up, we had more money. So, you know, we maybe went from middle to upper middle class, perhaps. You know, and then she said, but she said, but you... I think we were ever upper middle class. Well, there you go. But then she said to me, but you can't talk like you do and be posh, right? (laughs) I was like, okay, no, I guess not. But it's funny because then Tom at my my job, who's from Runcorn, thought I was a Tory. He thought I was going to vote Tory because of my voice. I was like, Never well, bloody voted Tory. I'm from I'm from North Lincolnshire. You have that <laughs> more like to vote BNP than Tory in North Lincolnshire. But yeah. You have that neutral um, middle class voice. So. Yes, I didn't used to. Yeah. It was only by the like year eleven at parts of grammar that my Northern accent yeah. had got away really. Yeah. And then I went and taught English at Asia and came back sounding a bit American. I think <laughs> not yeah, a lot. Not a lot. Owen says I sound American all the time. But you do sound American every now and then. Yeah, but I don't put. Well, I sound Northern every now and then too. When I go, oh, yeah. oh, I still do, still do that, do I? Yeah, I do. So- I do soft days on it. Well, soft day, yeah, it's grass. I don't know. I've yeah. never turned over to saying grass. Well, I don't care where it's Father's Day in Britain and America yeah well it's still Father's Day somewhere yes 
Yeah. Bloody amazing. I didn't get him anything for that. I didn't get you anything. I'm no, sorry. I, I noticed that. Did you? <laughs> you said you didn't mind a minute ago, a while ago. Well, I didn't mind. But you, but you did notice. <laughs> oh, well, I did notice. Okay, I see. You can not mind and still notice, can't you? I, I always felt like you weren't bothered by Father's Day. I've never been bothered by Father's Day. I, remember, no. I did try and send you something for Father's Day in China and it got lost in the mail. Well, I yeah. sent you a postcard with with uh, Mal on it, <laughs> with Mal giving a speech. Well, I've, I pity I didn't get that. No, then. you like Mal, no, you don't. <laughs> I was never a great fan of Mao. You like communist propaganda art? I quite like it. Yeah. That's what I get you yeah. when I, I don't know what to get you. <laughs> I get you. Well, I got you Mongolian Soviet Union communist propaganda art. Well, that's, that's which was nice. The Mongolians well, shaking hands. I used to hands. have a collection of uh, posters. Yeah. From Russia. With love. Uh, actually, from a friend of mine. <laughs> with friendship rather than love. Ah, but, shame. Um, and I used to have quite a, good, a decent collection, but they, they disappeared over the years. Yeah. Yeah, but I have got in, or rather we've got, Trisha and I, have a um, collection of uh, Russian posters that were reprinted in Germany by some friends of ours. Oh, right. Family. Huh. Family printer. Not original then. But. Uh, not original, but, but they were done for a sort of deluxe edition. As oh, yeah. Uh, and those are good, oh, but go. I haven't looked at them for years, and they're too too many of them to to display. To display. Well, I just remember the big Trojan horse one, to be honest. Oh well, that one, yeah. That yeah was we've had pro- that one that for was, ages. That was a birthday present from, from, from Zoltan, uh, wasn't it? From Zoltan. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, uh, didn't you see it and you wanted to go and get it? And he said, "I was going to buy it." And he said, "No." I was going to go and buy it. Well, he also, he said, didn't he say that they will overcharge you and he'll That's come right. with you and, yeah. and shout at them so in Russian? If you, if you tell me what, you know, then you tell I, me will what. Go, I, will go and buy, I will go and buy it and then you can pay me after. And then he refused to pay you back. And, and he's sneaky. It was my birthday. It was your birthday. 9th of November for those was, listening. 9th of November in Moscow. A while um, ago now. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, so Zoltan, Zoltan died a while ago, didn't he, actually? He did. Yeah. He did. Dad has Russian communist friends because he's like, one of those people. Uh, yes, he was. A, uh, well, know, he was he's he, a socialist, he was, wasn't he? He was quite committed. Well, uh, yeah, yes, he was no commie, really. Yeah, and so was his son, Ruslan. Yeah, but he became the chairman of the... Socialist Party. Socialist Party, very briefly. In the 90s, <laughs> to run against <laughs> Yeltsin. The, so- the Socialist Party didn't last very long. Well, he wasn't. He, he wanted to be elected as and bring it all back, I guess. Well, I mean, they got a, a sort of minusculely small share of the vote, but they, but they did get Gorbachev as a member, which probably sunk the party. Really, people didn't like Gorbachev, did they? People didn't like Gorbachev. In Why not? Russia. Well, I suppose because he was seen to have uh, broken up. The union. What they thought was a jolly good thing. Oh, right. So people did, when it broke Wait, up, a lot of people it, were still that, in very positive moods about it. Well, at they? that time... This the, is before uh, he was on the Pizza Hut yeah, advert. Right. <laughs> very much before. Thanks, that. before, thanks to at, Gorbachev. At that time, <laughs> we uh, have choice. You're talking about... Um, what are we talking about? 19, early 90s. Early late 90s. 80s. Yeah. The, um, Soviet Union ends the, in 1991. The Communist right? Party was still the second biggest party in, right. in Russia. Right. And uh, I think I probably told you at nauseam that uh, we went one day to a, a sort of a commemoration. It must have been 19, 
87 because right. it was a commemoration for the in Russia the, the, yeah the revolution of 1917 uh, uh, 19, 17. so it was the 70 years it might actually it might have been 97 I can't remember no it couldn't have been 97 that's too late but anyway it was a commemoration and uh, you know there were, the question of the hour was you know what good had come out of the revolution yeah yeah and um, Zoltan gave a lecture to the great and the good of the old Communist Party. You know, people like Brezhnev's grandson and mm. the, the bloke who was in charge. Wasn't of, Brezhnev of the, a fucking psycho? <laughs> he was. No, he wasn't. He wasn't this. No, oh, he was he not? Was I thought a, he was similar to Stalin no, in terms no, of perjury. No, no, no. no, no, no oh, okay, I'm wrong. No, he was just a standard old commie. Ah, oh, for real. Um, but he wasn't very good at it. No. Um, but he, he gave this lecture which basically proved that Brezhnev had totally screwed the Russian economy. Oh, right. Uh, which went down like a lead balloon with the... Commies. With the commies. So he joined the Socialist some Party. Of the commie, some of the commies were called Liberal Democrats, by the way, and they were the most right wing of the commies, which sounds strange, but... Well, I mean, the Liberal, by, de- by the de- then, liberal Democrats are meant to be more right wing than Labour. Yeah, they're by, not really, but they're meant to be. No, no, but by that time, the the right of the left, as it were, the the, the old communists had split between right. traditional commies, commies and, and a sort of nationalist commies. Oh, I see, right. And the liberal, the, the, the liberal thing is just a farce. Yeah, yeah, de- yeah. Uh, but the liberal, well, Demo- yeah, the liberal Democrats were basically a sort of national right-wing nationalist well, not, party. North Korea is not democratic, and but it the, is called the know, Democratic People's Republic yeah, of Korea. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And it's that kind of thing. There is but actually low-level democracy but they, in North Korea. Um, more than people think. Sorry? There's more democracy in North Korea than people think, but it's mostly on local political levels. I wouldn't bank on this, but there you go. No, it's true. <laughs> but I went to university without the only British expert on North Korea was, was teaching at my university, well, <laughs> Jim Hoare. Well, there you go. He was, I liked him a lot. He was interesting. Yeah. 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 Anyway. But, like, um... There was a there's these there's these YouTube channel epic rap battles of history and they have one that's Stalin versus Rasputin. Yeah. And over time, the others, everyone after, well, later ones come in. So they have it, and then Lenin interrupts, and then he says that that they ruined the greatest revolution since the birth of Marx. And Gorbachev appears and says, "Did somebody say birthmarks? Because <laughs> of his yeah. birthmark." And he's got what is it? He says. He's the host with the most blast nosed. <laughs> the assholes made a mess and the war got cold, so I shook hands with both Ronalds, Reagan and McDonald's. <laughs> and it says, no doubt, if your name rounds within, it's time to get out. <laughs> but yeah, look. Ironically, the only, the only decent, um, well, prime minister, I suppose, yeah, prime minister is the word, of... Russia. The trouble is that all ministers in of Russia, Russia are called prime minister. But well, that's the, just stupid. Uh, but the president, well, I suppose now, um, it was Yeltsin really. Yeltsin was a v- originally a very decent man, and um, it was a terrible pity that he took to drink <laughs> and got caught up in his own family's uh, corrupt issues. Corrupt, corrupt issues because he actually was quite a decent chap. Like he, and he was the only one, and literally the only one, who was not an ex-KGB man. Yeah, All but the, he's still every, every president of, of Russia since well, the revolution. Since, since the revolution, virtually nineteen seventeen, apart from Stalin and people like that. Were, oh, well, there wasn't a KGB before Stalin, was there? Well, there was the Cheka. 
Uh-huh. There was the Chaker, then the NKVD, KJD, and then it's my favourite part. The, 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 the in the death of Stalin, the NKVD keep coming up and shooting people and taking their place, and then at the end, the army <laughs> come and do it to the NKVD. <laughs> but uh, you know, there was in after the, certainly after the, uh, the the end of communism, there were no prime ministers presidents or anybody who wasn't KGB oh really okay okay and in fact I can, and there isn't now I, I used to be able to name them all the current president prime minister which is he? he's president now president, isn't he yeah. is still he was an ex-KGB an ex-KGB man. and his deputy Medvedev Medvedev Donald Trump was invited by Gorbachev to the Soviet Union yeah. back when he uh, in the 80s and yeah. um his wife was uh, Czech, I think. Yeah. Uh, this is not his current wife, who's yeah. also Czech, I think. But uh, like, no, she's um, Slovenian. Slovenian, okay. So, yeah. so she's actually not from the Soviet Union. She's from the former Yugoslavia. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, and um, obviously got a thing about this. Yeah, but they were all they were all uh, this company that invited him, Ivana. The company that ran his, it. his first wife is called Ivana. What's his current wife? Isn't she Ivana? No, she's called Melania. Oh, and Ivanka is his daughter. That's it. Is his daughter, <laughs> yeah. who's her daughter. Yes, right. I get you. Oh God, he's complicated, isn't he? Um, <laughs> Not really. Um, but um, essentially, the the company that carried out his travel yeah. was a travel agency that was essentially the KGB, but it was a travel agency. Oh well, yes. But essentially, in, in, yeah. In tourist. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to travel with tourists. Luke Harding talks about it in his book. Yeah. Because he has a whole thing being like, I'm not saying that the Russians completely hacked the election because that's not quite what happened. But then he'll say, well, why would he do that? And it's Putin do that. I like, well, I worked in Russia for 15 years and he's been saying oh, stuff like that all the time. Not necessarily hacking it's other people's elections, the, but he's been interfering with things for years. Yeah, that's what they KGB do. KGB have got a very strongly nationalistic view of Russia and where Russia is going. Um, where is it going? And, well, they want it to go back to being a major superpower. Um, right. And they also sort of bought into this... That seems that seems like it's not really going to happen. Well, they've bought uh, into maybe this... Maybe I'm wrong. They bought this in, into this sort of Chinese, you don't have to have democracy to, to be a proper government. Well, you don't. <laughs> um, and that, that is good for, the, good for the world. Yeah. And if you can spread that around, then good. Right. You know, why else would you wreck Syria? I mean, you know, what did the poor... Fucking Syrians do. <laughs> well, was, but they wanted to keep a thingy in charge, didn't they? Yeah, I know, but that's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Could they, yeah wa- they could have. They pro- could have probably helped get rid of uh, Assad. For yeah, I know, but I know but that. They, they but both, both America and Russia liked having him in charge, didn't they? Or at least there was well, some. In, they, they, they'd, in, they'd made in peace further, with it. In further. <laughs> further back in history certainly but then, and then, this is part of the problem that the United well, States carries this huge weight of guilt and problems from, from the 60s and 70s yeah. where they did keep, a lot of this yeah. uh, they did keep dictators in power because they weren't communists because yeah. they weren't communists yeah, yeah. And, like Pinochet you know Pinochet <laughs> and all these other <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean there's an enormous list of no, I like that. There was a whole, there's a joke in the this history memes group I used to be on, and one was, it was every time someone democratically elects a socialist leader, then it had the yeah. had the Americans knocking on the door saying, "Excuse me." <laughs> oh no! Anytime an oil rich country democratically elects, and of course, you know, well, inter- I mean, intellectually, in a way, the Americans are still.
no, you my experience old. of Russia is <laughs> that although, you know, there's this lovely Russian term called vranyo, where you basically tell a blatant lie. Yeah. And defend it at all costs. Yeah, well, that's, that's also that used to be, that used to be this, another bloke who does that on purpose to confuse people. Yeah, this the standard. This but it's, it was the standard kind yeah. of response, you know. It's, you know we're doing to be honest, this, it seems to happen in American politics quite a lot. Well, at least with the well, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. But the last the, president. The, the point least. is that in, in American politics or in British politics, however convoluted it may be, it is challengeable. <laughs> yeah, and people can say, "Look, you know, this person is yeah. lying." If you say that. In well, we've seen it with uh, Navalny. With sorry, Navalny. With Navalny, we've but, seen it with. Uh, but then there's another thing you say. We've you seen say, it with Belarus yeah. and all the rest. But of you it. also say this person's not like not worth the defending thing about Venezuela. That's fair enough. But Navalny, I'm not necessarily attacking him. But it, it, it's not very nice. He's got lots of yeah. political views about about how evil Georgians are. There are things you can find about yeah, yeah, his yeah, 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 views yeah, yeah, yeah. on. You and know. Most of those will have been put out by Putin. Yeah. But, but nevertheless, yes, it is the case. But the point is that, and yes, there's always a danger in calling Russia. Georgians cockroaches. There's always, always a danger in Russia that someone mm-hmm. will stand for government, as it were, who is going to be worse than the person before. Yeah, but if you don't have a process, well, not just in Russia. <laughs> well, not just in Russia. If you don't have a process which more or less fairly sorts that out or gives opportunity to everybody, as it were, to do it, then you know it's not going to come out well. Right. And uh, Putin is is an example of that. Is an example of that. Yeah. He's now in the was, position. Was he elected properly the first time? Like, is there any the evidence? First time, yeah, he was popular, yeah. and they wanted him. And well, yeah. And there are still people who like him a lot, I believe. There is a sizable number of people. <laughs> when he goes to Serbia, apparently, he's not, a hero. He's a hero oh, well, in yeah, Serbia. I know that's a different that's country. That's a totally different story. I mean, it's because it's, Serbia's mental. We haven't got time for that one. No, we're about to wrap up, actually. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yes, I... Well, the, one I, the person the one I find quite suspicious is that, that it... Lots of people who have taken to the internet to support Russia when they invade Crimea or whatever, or Georgia, South Ossetia, wherever, you know, are people who say, well, this is imperialism, this Western idea of imperialism. I always think, well, you know, like 80% of Russians and the ethnic Russians all live in Europe. And Russia has essentially, years ago, no one denies that these are parts of Russia, invaded a series of nations and kept all of that land. (laughs) There's not another empire that Britain doesn't still has overseas land, doesn't have that. It doesn't, it doesn't still have they India. Ru- they <laughs> russified a very large territory. Yeah, so it's not... I don't Although a lot of it, actually, at the time they did it, was more or less empty, it must be said. Yeah, I know, but, 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 but there were native people to those areas. Who, you very know. small numbers. But, yeah. But the Caucasus... Well, there still are. There's still there. Yeah, but the Caucasus, <laughs> the Caucasus, for example, was a totally different kettle yeah. of fish because the Caucasus was quite well populated. It had natural resources of all kinds yeah. um, and when Russia did that in the 19th century um, yes it was an it was Britain and Russia it was essentially an imperial yeah country. and Britain and Russia were at each other's throats for yeah, control of all these areas yeah yeah coming up close to India for God's sake yeah how dare you and in, of course after the second world war they were coming close to Iran which was a uh, where we got our client, oil from which was a client state of the British yeah we owned the oil of Iran. we did we did 
We so, did. We put the Shah in charge. So it's a very complicated picture. You're leaning away from the microphone really, now. Sorry. <laughs> it's a very complicated picture and we're, you know, we haven't got that much time. We haven't got that much time. Well, did you enjoy being on the Western I, Bias podcast? I, I, it's, it's, it was ecstatic about the whole thing. Were you? Yeah. He's being sarcastic. I, I wasn't sarcastic. No, I think you were. As being ironic. We gave a biased Western viewpoint on history, though. So it, it's, <laughs> it's not about... Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm afraid my bias is... Uh, well, people ask why it's called the Western Bias Podcast, or it's just because we think it sounds good. I know so, quite a lot so about. I know quite a lot about communism, about the East, and the East, and yeah. sadly, and it is sadly because there are lots of very nice people in in Russia. In Russia. Sadly, there's a sort of historic process that's, that has gone on, in which they keep falling down the same hole. They nah. get out of the hole, and then somebody says, oh, what you really need is a strong leader, because Russians are all pissed and they don't know what they're doing. And, <laughs> and, 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 the Russian, and the Russians always fall for this. They go, we, we, we want a Vosge. Yeah, yeah. And so we have Stalin, and then we have Putin, or any of the twat who comes along. Well, thank you for being on the podcast on Father's Day. It was obviously a, a deep and profound pleasure. Yeah, well, of course it was. <laughs> it's a, like a Father's Day present in itself. Well, we'll be back to normal next week unless unless yeah. Maurice, there's my yeah, mum. You, you can come out, mum, it's all right. You can come out now. But yeah, we're back to normal unless Mauricio tells me I need to get someone else in. But it probably won't be my dad because he won't be here. So <laughs> Anyway, goodbye. Good Zoom. Goodbye. Bye.